Good evening and welcome to uh, this week's uh, Did You Make the Grade uh, edition of the SA Soccer Roundtable here with me tonight, of course, is Rafa and Danielle. Uh, good evening to two of you and you guys can fight over who wants to introduce or do their opening uh, speech first. Rafa, you can go. Sorry, lady first. Um, so it was just the Halloween and... Um, extremely disappointed that there was uh, zero super feeders. Zero. So I had a new house. I had candy. Zero super feeders. Um, so I was extremely disappointed with that. Um, but I ate all the Twix and I made up for no trigger treaters. Um, so all is well. Um, life is good. In my world, I'm ready. Let's, let's grade some people. You, Rafa? Uh, it's just a quiet Halloween. Uh, just enjoying the weekend, relaxing back on the grind with these his virtual college fairs this week. It's <laughs> a week and border run. So, having fun. How fun this week for me. Uh, but, like I said, I'm looking forward for this show, giving Luke some grades today. Reminds me when I was a history teacher back in Del Rio. You see who, got, who made the honor roll, who didn't make the honor roll. I'll admit I didn't make the honor roll. Uh, I'll, I won't, you know, I'm sure that's not shocking to most. <laughs> uh, but no, for me, like I said here, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's one of those sad uh, times when we talk about the year end season. And then of course uh, what made it sadder, um, the USL championship game, as well as the USL league one game. Unfortunately, both were canceled due to COVID reasons. And, and like I said here, I know uh, on, on social media, there was some people that are kind of upset that they made the decision. Um, I personally think that they did the right thing um, by not playing, uh, you know, you know, when you have the head coach and, and three members of the staff of the Rowdies and, and multiple players testing positive for uh, the Rowdies, um, I don't see how you can take that chance of uh, playing playing the game there. So uh, I know for USL probably had to be the toughest uh, decision they've had to make um, just, you know, from a business aspect because the game was going to be on ESPN. Um, so that would have brought a lot of good vision to the league. And not having it on there, you know, unfortunately, is a black eye. There's no way to sugarcoat it as far as, you know, when you have to cancel your game uh, through that here. So, uh, but hats off to the Tampa Bay Rowdies, the Eastern Conference champion. Hats off to Phoenix Rising and, and to all the Phoenix Rising fans that traveled to Tampa. And, and, and sorry that uh, um, it didn't work out, you know, the, the way that anybody expected here. But, uh, for San Antonio FC, uh, I guess the biggest news is uh, Christian uh, Pirano on his, I think it was Instagram, uh, tweeted out, or, or I guess not tweeted out, uh, sent out that he wasn't coming back. Um, and then, of course, uh, Luis Solinag, uh, we knew, uh, was moving out as well. So I think off-season moves, uh, for me, you're going to see departures uh, for it here, but uh, there's some rumors going around for the new season is going to be delayed uh, probably till April, May, uh, possibly. And that's not just USL, that's MLS as well, possibly. So uh, player signings, um, it may be a few months. Uh, there, there's no way to sugarcoat it. If you're starting in March, you know, you know, maybe towards the end of December, you start get back in the groove in January. 
I think if if the season's kicking off, you know, April May time frame, you're probably looking February before um, before you start really seeing any player news. Uh, unfortunately, here uh, thoughts on either one of those: the USL Championship being canceled, uh, the players leaving, and expectation of roster movement this off season. So Harry, I want to remind you of this, and I think we need to take a clip of this. Because right around December, December, early January, you're putting <laughs> up with, where's our roster release? Who's on it? Who are we signing? I think this is going to be a good reminder. You're the key one who needs to remember to be patient um, before before you blow up Twitter. And <laughs> I, I think in terms of the USL Championship being uh, – it was canceled. It, it was, was flat canceled. out canceled. I'm pretty ambivalent to it because I, I don't think it's as big as an MLS Cup or a, a, a Champions League match where people who watch the final for USL are um, the two teams themselves. And I think, you know, I think yeah. other people who, yeah. Yeah. who are, who are, um, Followers yeah. fans of USL, um, so I don't think it's as big of a black eye. I think no it just no not as much of a force. Getting on ESPN, getting on big ESPN, um, all those things are good. So I just think it stalls the league a little bit. I don't think it's detrimental. I mean, I really didn't see much about it on my social media, so I don't think it's as big of an impact and it was easy for them to make they just canceled usl one championship a few days later so i think it was one of those oh well we've done this once here's what we did all right mm -hmm. so this is my thought on it i don't think it's gotten to a point where um i think this would have been a good year to have it on because i think people are still looking for something to watch on tv so that's my two cents here's rafa uh, we should have played it actually waited a couple weeks and then play it. You just put them in a the bubble, put them on a neutral site after everyone's tested negative. It's a, it's a big game. I think USL needs to show what the hat, and especially if they want to get future TV contracts, more lucrative so they can have more money, more revenue. I think this was, a, was the opportunity to really show it. Um, and also wanted to see Phoenix get their butts kicked that's that's all I wanted to see that their butt. I was Phoenix. on the other side. I was hoping Phoenix would yeah. win, but uh, uh, Phoenix sucks. So, uh, if I offend any Phoenix fans, sorry, but yeah, it, it, like I said, I was just looking for for that game, and I think hopefully maybe they'll learn from it because, like I say, MLS could be it could could be the same situation too. They could answer if they have a breakout or something. I think they did the best model when they did the, bu the bubble for that tournament. I think they should have kind of considered that, you know, all the play what the playoff games to be in one location. Maybe we would have had a championship game. So that's something maybe they consider for next year. As far as player movements, uh, we kind of had an idea of, as far as Pirano. I mean, I think it's time for him to really shine, see what he yep. can do in the European, the European leagues, yep. especially in Portugal. Portugal is going to be a great, you know, place for him to develop and hopefully we'll see him playing in one of those elite teams down the road. And um, same thing with Bella, um, Solniak, you know, I'm sure he's going to do well in Chile. 
And as far as who do we need to bring in? Like I said, that's I guess that delay. Everybody. May, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Now hopefully we do. Like I said, we have a core group, good core group. I think if we can bring back that core group, I think we're, where we are going to lose out is a little firepower up front. But if we can find the right guys, which they were able to do this year, you know, I think we can be in contention again for the following year. Just need a, There's some players we do need to hold on and, you know, we need to develop some more, you know, some, some of the younger guys. I think the younger guys missed out, I guess, because of the COVID. But like I said, I'm looking forward to see for the next season to see how that comes around. And, and the one thing I think the issue I have, I think waiting for them playing later, since a lot of those USL players do play some of uh, with their national teams, you know, we have we do have Gold Cup coming up in, in June and July. So that can take effect. Some of the game, you know, some of the teams, you know, playing, you know, if you play for Jamaica or for, you know, Turks or Caicos and all that, if they made the, the CONCACAF Gold Cup, you know, that could affect some of the teams, play, you know, players. Well, you, look at, you look at Jose Gallegos, if he gets picked to the Olympic team, that's also next, uh, I think next yeah. summer as well. Yeah. Um, so you got, you, there's, there's a lot of, they got to fit these international events in somewhere since this year got canceled out. And, you know, you're going to have to, in my opinion, you're going to have to have a, a, a deep roster. So, but I think for tonight, we want to kind of focus just on the great aspect uh, of this year. And then, you know, maybe two weeks from now or when we come back together, you know, we may go over and say, who, you know, you know, who, you know, who do you want to return? Who do you not want to return? Who are you indifferent on? So that way, um, I think last year, you know, you know, in, in the pre-show here, we talked about how this kind of went too long last year. So, um, you know, obviously there's a few players that'll have a more in-depth conversation, um, but there'll be some players that will just group together because, you know, you know, they were on the team, uh, so they do need to be acknowledged. But, you know, due to the short season, um, there just wasn't any minutes, uh, you know, in it for them. So it's hard to get, you know, it's not fair to give them a grade based on, you know, a half a game or one game or, you know, along those lines. Um, if you want to give them a grade, you can. What we'll probably also do, is, and this is something that I'll do is, uh, um, you know, maybe for social media is uh, put out, you know, you know, grade of goalies for, you know, a day or two and then grade defenders, you know, for a day or two just on social media to, you know, let the fans kind of, you know, put their grade on the season and maybe kind of average it out. But to get started with, uh, we'll start with uh, the back line, the goalies. Um, we had uh, three of them this year, uh, Matthew Cardoni, uh, uh, Dwayne St. Clair, and Carlos Mercado. Um, to me, like I said here, uh, Carlos, uh, I'm going to give it an incomplete on uh, for that here. And uh, for uh, St. Clair, I'm gonna, uh, for me personally, I'm going to give him a B and Cardoni a B. Like I said, I thought they did well. Um, I think that they had some things that they could have done. Uh, they weren't perfect by any means, but, you know, there were no issues with the goalie this year. Like, you know, you couldn't, pin, you know, there wasn't a game that you could say, hey, they cost you the game or, you know, anything along those lines. So, uh, I'm going to give them solid Bs, uh, and, and you know, and with Carlos, you know, unfortunately incomplete because he never saw any play any playing time. So uh, we'll start with you, Danielle. Uh, you know, what grades do you want to give out? I'm going to give as a whole B. Um, 
I think with Zane St. Clair, we didn't get to see enough. We just started to get to see him. And I think Matt's solid. I have no no problems. Um, but I think what would have moved it to an A is kind of like in a Logan Ketterer situation, stopping having, you know, some crazy penalty stops and, and a couple of those things. And I just don't think they had that opportunity to have that amazing moment. So that's why I have a beat. Nothing wrong, just nothing that like went exceeded expectations as performance management states. You, Rafa? Uh, looking at my report card, I guess I mentioned incomplete for Carlos McCardo. But, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking of Carlos, I did have seen him play in college. He is a talent. So, hoping we'll get to see him in a couple exhibition games or preseason games. Dane, I give him a B, you know, just for the time being. Um, had he stayed the whole season, you know, who used to say he could have gone up to the, an A? And then Matthew Cardone might be surprised. I did give him an A minus. Um, he really stepped it up. You know, being a goalkeeper coach, he really stepped up. Uh, he did a lot of the little things, very little mistakes he made from what he's made the last couple of years. I think he's really matured up, and he took that leadership role a little bit better, a lot better communication. Um, you know, I think this year I think he had a lot better defense too. That that made a, a, a difference. But overall, Matt didn't make any bonehead mistakes, and so that's why I'm giving him an A minus for for the season. All right. So next up, we're gonna do uh, the defenders. Um, so Connor, uh, Blake Smith, Hunter, uh, Mitchell Tainer, Callum Montgomery, uh, Joshua Yarrow, Kai Green, and then to me, the the you know the the next were on the team, um, but either made one appearance or didn't really make an appearance. Uh, Josh Ramsey, uh, who made an appearance, uh, Sebastian Mercado did not. Um, Axel Schoberg played the first game against Real Monarchs um, and then, you know, went back to Columbus. Uh, Liam Doyle was uh, traded or transferred in from Memphis um, and played the playoff game. And like I said, I thought Axel and Liam uh, did an outstanding job uh, in the two games that they played. Unfortunately, it was two games. So to me, not enough. Um, and Josh and, and, and Sebastian, just didn't get get on the on the on the pitch. Um, for me, just kind of going from the start, I thought Maloney and Smith. I thought both of them, you know, got A's. You know, when they weren't there, you could you could feel the difference. Um, Hunter Gorski, I gave a B, and it's not so much for what he did what he didn't do. I think just the end of season, he wasn't played in the right spot. You know, and, and we'll probably get to that more in the midfield section. Um, I, you know, I, I would have liked to seen him more stay in the center back role. Uh, Tanner, I put as an A, I think to be honest with you, I thought, I think he was my favorite player for this year. Uh, Cal Montgomery, I gave a B it's maybe you know, almost a B minus, but I gave him a B when he was on the field. Uh, you know, he, he did, he did great. Uh, you know, I thought here, you know, I, I didn't see any, um, poor performances, I'm not going to lie to you. Him being recalled by FC Dallas in the playoffs game kind of rubs probably rubs me and, and lowers the grade a little bit, just because you know if he's been here for nine games, uh, you know when you know when he's playing the minutes that he's playing to get called for a playoff game. Uh, Yarrow, I thought had kind of a rebound uh, year um, for that, especially after last year. Um, I gave him a C plus B, uh, a B C plus, uh, you know, along those lines here where. Um, 
I thought having the two, you know, you know, two players with size on him really helped him out. And I'm kind of torn on Kai Green because he, you know, he went from playing every minute to where he didn't seem like he had, you know, he, you know, he 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 was the fill, he was the fill in, you know, for you know for Connor Blake and and on the defense. So um, he didn't do anything that um, stood out, um, you know, positive or negative. So you know, to me, you know, I'm going to go with the C as far as you know for you know for you know for. Uh, for his time, uh, you know, for this year. Uh, what about you, Danielle? So Connor and Blake both get A's in my book. Um, I think they were just workhorses out there. I think they left it all on the field, and that's what I want to see. I want to see people who are bleeding <clears throat> the red and black check who believe um, who believe in it, and they just worked because – they were up and down the field. So I really give them an A for that. I mean, th- that's something you want to see. You want to see every single player um, do that. Um, okay, so let's see. Then we have – so I'm giving Hunter and Mitchell C's, and it's C for cuteness uh, because uh, I always love getting the close-ups on them when we were watching them from far away. Um I will say I agree with you, Harry. Um, I do think our best back line was when Hunter was in the back with either Tainter or Montgomery. Um, and so, and I really like the way he anticipated plays. Um, and so, I really would have liked to have seen him in the back, um, especially towards the end versus that defensive center mid role. Um, and I think Josh Yarrow as well. He stepped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets an A. I thought Kai Green came in and performed the way we needed him to. So he came in, helped relieve some minutes on the defense. Um, injury, he came in. So I'm going to give him a B. He fulfilled his his role on the team, which which was to be a bench player. And you really need people who know their role and are okay with it and come in and hustle. Um, I'm going to say overall, though, I'm going to give the defense as a unit a B because I would have liked to have seen them more organized and disciplined from the first game. I thought they looked great and we had such an incredible press, but I think at times there was that we were still chasing the ball on defense and stabbing for like the first two, three games. And then we kind of peaked, everything was worked out and then we kind of tapered off. We just had some defensive errors. I think we were getting a little hot-headed in a few situations. <laughs> Mitchell Tainter, um, and I would have loved to have seen Tainter keep his cool because I think he would have just been a much better player. Um, and you can't let you know one of one or two of those situations shake you. So I, I think overall, a B would have liked to have seen him disciplined and ready to go um, from game one versus kind of building into it. You, Rafa? Uh, as far as the defenders, I gave Connor Maloney a B plus, Lake Smith a B plus. I would have given them A's if they were missing one aspect of the game where they play at. I, I expect them to cross the ball a lot more. I think it, had they distributed a lot more balls, you know, they're up in the attack all the time. 
kind of similar what kind of what like with Mindy um, and uh, I guess kind of uh, like uh, Marcelo does from the outside of send the crosses in. I like to see more of that. If they added that aspect to the game, who's to say we don't score more goals? I wonder, and hopefully the next season when they come back, hopefully they do come back, they can add that to the game because if you, they add that to the game, we're going to be a very lethal team. Off, you know, offensive-wise, from you know, playing from the back. So I gave both E pluses, but like Danielle said, they were the workhorses of the team. So you know, props to them. You know, you know, you know hope we do get have them back. Uh, Gorski, I gave him a B. Tanner, uh, uh, I gave him a B plus. Like I said, he was another workhorse. He played well. Montgomery, I gave him a B plus. Had he stayed, I think he would have been an A. You know, and who's to say we don't get to the next round without him? You know, you know he was he was that missing piece. Uh, Yarrow uh, gave him a B, a big improvement from last year. Last year's defense was trash. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it's total trash. Uh, Kai Green, I give him a B minus. He did do do well, so, you know, from a backup role, but he did step up his game when he needed to. Um, Doyle, I gave him an incomplete, but. I saw good. I saw that last game with Doyle. I see potential there, and I think had he played the game before that, who's to say you know he could have done a lot better things in that final. So hopefully he comes back, and then I put incompletes for Ramsey, Ricardo, and also Axel. Yeah, I guess he only played one game, but overall as a defense, yeah, incomplete. Overall as a defense, I gave him a B. Big improvement last year. I think I give him a D. So this year I give them a B, and hopefully we they can build off because they have the opportunity to become an uh, an A a Grade A defense for the next mm-hmm. season. So on the next one here, <coughs> Hold on, let me get this, flip the script here. Here we go. Right, here we go. The midfield: uh, Kristen Pirano, PC, Zachary Harval, Hayden Partain. Um, and probably the ones that we will uh, probably not will discuss as a group: Leo Torres, Santiago Vieira, Ethan Bryant, and Rocky Perez. Um, I don't believe Rocky made an appearance uh, for that here, but everybody else made at least uh, one appearance um, into the match. Um, so. For my grades here, and I know this might seem a little bit harsh. Uh, I gave Pirano a C uh, with the expectations that he had. Um, he didn't have a poor year, but I don't think he had a great year either. And it almost seemed like that he was – he still had an injury. You know, he didn't have that that step there. Um, I do also think that uh, teams were focused on him a little bit more uh, than, than previous years, so I think he had that. Um, but, you know, kind of setting with you in, in the last game on the playoff game where you mentioned, you know, if you had him and Jose on the field together, they played too narrow. When when they had him out wide, he didn't stay out, out, out outside enough to open up the field. So I gave him kind of – I know that's probably a little bit harsh, but like I said here, you know, he was the you know USL newcomer of the year. Um, I thought, you know, if you look at his stats, he had a, he had a, a good year, but – to me, there was just something off um, with him. Actually, I'll give him a B minus because uh, I feel bad giving him a C. Um, PC, I gave an A. I think he, you know, 
he he was a surprise out of everybody uh, for it here. And I know you mentioned you know Maloney and Smith was was the uh, heart of the team. To me, PC was the spark plug where you know you know he was the energy up top and and did so much. Um, Zachary Haraval, I gave a B, had the potential to be an A, but he only played eight games. And you know I'm not sure what happened if it was injury or what. Um, you know, you know, to me, like I said here, I think for the playoffs, if he plays that game, I think the results are different. The problem is, is he didn't play the game. Um, Partain had an injury. I gave him a C. And then, you know, Torres, uh, Vieira, Brian, and uh, Rocky, I gave incompletes on. So I think overall, overall, I between defend, you know, between the goalies, between the defenders, between the forwards, um, I think midfield was the one we struggled at this year, uh, you know, as an overall group. Um, and I know you guys are giving kind of group uh, grades here. I would probably say this as a group, what was, was a C just because there was a lot of changing and, you know, some of the pieces didn't mesh, you know, with, you know, the forwards or, you know, um, along those lines. So I'm probably a little bit harder on the midfield than, than, than what I should be, but uh, like I said here with Pirano, you know, I think a lot of things were expected and, um, I don't know if he quite lived up to that, uh, you know, for, you know, for this year due to injuries and, and probably just the short, short time frame for that here. But, uh, your thoughts, Daniel. Oh, Harry, I'm with you. This is, this is almost like I'm grading you based on potential, not, um, not a flat line. So Christian Prano, I gave a B because I agree. I felt Things were different this season, but we've seen typically what happens in USL. The first month, everyone figures everything out. They get their game footage. Um, I think everyone knew Christian Pirano, and they they marked him. And I just don't feel like somehow there – I felt like there was something missing um, with the game. PC, I gave an A. I absolutely loved watching him. I think he was that player who – um, he was in the right spot, made the right pass, um, and he was a set piece taker. We we didn't have a lot of set piece takers in the previous years, but you could, besides Rafa Castillo, but you could really count on PC to take those and place them well. Um, and so, at good accuracy, I loved it. Um, Aravo, I loved as a defensive center mid. I think it freed PC up and Pirano and Gallegos all to go up and to make magic happen. Haravo, because we are living in some metaphors, was our anchor. Um, and I think he anchored and filled that place between midfield and defense. And I think when we lost him, it was unfortunate. Um, Hayden Partain, I, I'm going to go with an incomplete on this one because I just don't feel like I have enough information to give an accurate evaluation you know he had one or two games in the beginning got injured kind of came on as the sub did his job i love the guy's social media i love what he's doing and and, and everything like that um and so that was kind of my feeling um the rest of the group i thought we didn't have enough to evaluate you know love seeing leo torres back which is great um returning from you know i think some injury and just um a, a gap of time I liked Santiago Vieira. Again, I think he was another player who was a nice little boost of energy coming off the bench. Um, but that's really the only way we saw him. He didn't him. have any time. What? He didn't have any time. 
Yeah. So the, the little bit we saw him. So overall, I'm going to give the midfielders a C because, or a B um, because I think they had a lot more to give. I, I just don't feel like we kind of reached, you know, all, everything working together. I think we had moments of glory, um, but I think we just had too many injuries in that midfield. And if you look at it, I feel like we have a million defenders and then just a handful of midfielders and the handful of midfielders we have ended up getting injured. So maybe we need to, you know, have, you know, a little bit more depth um, in that area. And I really hope PC is someone that I hope stays PC and Haravo. I would love to see them stay for next season. Those are two people that um, I think you can, you can kind of build. I don't know if you want to say build the team around, but you can, you've got some solidity um, in those positions. So. You, Rafa? Uh, as far as Pirano, I'll give him a B plus. Um, I think maybe that injury did linger a little bit. It probably was at 90%, not 100%. You know, we all, I think all, all of us had high expectations that he was going to have destroy. But I think that injury really kind of took a toll on him. And, and maybe on his mindset, he was maybe afraid about, you know, re-aggravating it, which any player – you know, normal player would, you know, think. But, you know, he had his spurts. He did it great. I mean, he great. He also he played great. There are some times I think he could have just done a little, a little bit more. But also, I think we had times when he played with Gallegos. I think when he played together with Gallegos, I think that hampered his play. Mm-hmm. Because they're two in the same – kind of in the same players. They hampered both of them. Yeah, and not, not to say that as is a bad player, I think – Having both, I know I understand we want to have all the best players out there, but sometimes, you know, we need to have just one, let him do his thing, and then bring in the other one when the time is right. So Pirano, like I said, I give him a B plus. Uh, last year I gave him an A plus because he, he just flat out destroyed the USL. I think this also what I think another factor is probably our schedule. Teams after playing the same teams three or four times, they're they're gonna know how to mark you. Mm-hmm. Maybe we played a schedule. They only see you one or two times. That that have been different, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I said, Marcina could have done something different for for him. Uh, PC, uh, he was a missing piece that we've been lacking for a couple years. Uh, kind of like the heir apparent for Rafa Castillo. Um, I gave him an A minus. Um, he could have gone an A plus. I, I like to see him more offensive. I think when Harry went went down. Took away a lot from PC, and then they kind of put him in out of position to caught a few times, and mm-hmm. and you can kind of see that he was not comfortable with it. But when he was up in the central okay. attack, he was all over the place, and you know, props to him for having the most yellow cards too, because he was taking anybody's crap. So that's what we needed to. But yeah, I hope he gets back. Herval, like I said, I'm gonna give him a B for only playing eight games. We really missed him on, on the last the last half of the season. I think we really could have done a lot more damage in the playoffs with him, and he would have been able to kind of shut down, especially the New Mexico players out, you know, in that that in that you know that playoff game. So I'll give him a B. Hopefully he's back. Partain, like Danielle said, I had to give him an incomplete. I didn't really get to see him play. Same thing with Leo Torres. 
Uh, same thing with the Vera incomplete. Ethan Bryan incomplete because he only played maybe one or two games. One game. And also Rocky Perez incomplete. So overall, our midfield, um, I give them a B as well. There's room for improvement, but we do need to build around PC and Herval. That's that's I think those are our two core players. You know, can we? I think also the formation we played a three four three, so. I think we need to get better depth as far as on the team, as far as someone that can back up PC and back up another or you know, Haraval if someone goes down. Because after that, you know the, the other players really lack of lack of experience, and I think that's that hurt us too. So, so I have, would be sorry. Go ahead. So I have one question, and I'll ask you, uh, Daniel, and, and I already asked uh, Rafa, but we'll, we'll get him on the record on this here. Leo Torres. Um, 2019, he had the injury. Uh, 2020, he didn't get a lot of times. You know, he, you know, to me, he's the next in line. Um, how big of a, how big of it, how big of an issue is it that he didn't really get a lot of minutes this year? He gets the practice, which you know, learning through AJ in the academy, you know, that's more important than the games. You know, especially at his level. But you know, at Leo's level, where what he's 17, 18, somewhere along those lines. How important is that game day action, and then him really not having any of that for two years? How you know? How do you think that affects his ability to take the next level, or you know, impact SAFC for next year? Because you know, in, in my opinion, I think in SAFC's minds, he's going to be the next Jose uh, Gallegos that that'll step up and and kind of surprise you know not only the fans here in San Antonio but you know the league overall. Um, so we'll I'll ask you that first. Uh, uh, Daniel, I think uh, the you not having the Open Cup also hurt a lot of um, people, kind of on the fringes. Where getting that that time, he probably would have gotten some time with playing some of the lower leagues, lower level. He, he would have definitely gotten a good twenty minutes, probably fifteen twenty minutes, um, in some of those earlier matches um, in some preseason. Um, not being able to participate in preseason always hurts because that's where you're gelling and you're working. I think practice is great, but there's a whole different mentality of being told you're a starter and how do you have that ritual? How do you mentally prepare? How do you come on focus? How do you execute? Um, and how do you live up to that weight? And then the next day have to go and face social media if you made a mistake. So I think there's a lot of learning and growing that he may have missed. But um, I also think he's had other experiences that Gallegos hasn't had. You know, he's played with the youth national team in a few games. And so he's gotten some tremendous coaching and some tremendous playing experiences, having that weight on his shoulders. Um, but I also think it hampered his opportunities for the national youth national team, you know, getting that exposure, being visible, getting that playing time. Um, I think that's where it really hurt him because they're not seeing him play. So to be able to move him to the next level, no one's seeing him play, no one's scouting him, um, I think it hurt. I don't know that he's going to be a Gallegos. I think Gallegos is truly a unique individual young player. I think he will come on and contribute, but he will, I think he'll be the sub for the next season, maybe start like a, a open cup game, maybe some preseason exhibition stuff. He'll start, but 
I haven't seen it from Leo Torres. I also think he needs to kind of grow a little bit, hit the weight room, and be able to hold that physical presence with the likes of, I mean, compare him to a DiRenzo, a Solignac, you know, who, who have that, um, don't get knocked off the ball. He has to have that presence. Championship League is is a physical battle as much as a technical. Um, so it's just my my thoughts. It, it's so hard, especially at a young at a young age. We see it in Europe. You know, people go to Europe and then you know a year later they're they're gone. It it, it just it it all depends. It, it's going to be hit or miss. And I, I would probably say you really can't get a good gauge on anyone until they're probably in like. 2021 and then you really have a better feel for where they're at who they are as a player you've seen them consistently perform it's not just a, a flash in the pan and and then they're gone or they're out so that's my thought i don't think he's too far off because i think you look at the mls academies those players maybe are riding the bench for the 18 19 and some exceptional 17 year olds so he may be also a little bit ahead of the curve because MLS academies, they're not really getting much playing in time until they're 18, 19. Um, and then they're on the bench, they're a reserve squad, they're a practice squad. So so he's not too far off. I'm not too worried about him. You're, uh, you, Rafa, on that here? And like I said, I know we kind of discussed it briefly before we went on air, but uh, your thoughts on that? Um, I kind of looking back at it, you know, he... Like I said, he's he's a different talent from Gallegos. Gallegos is on a different level than he is, but that doesn't mean he won't get there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like Daniel mentioned about hitting the weights, I think that he, he did get pushed around a lot for the couple instances he did get in. But he's only eighteen, nineteen. You know, he's only young. He's he's, he's going to get bigger, better. I think maybe SAFC should have done is so maybe sending him out on loan with the USO one. You know, that's a good that, idea. That would have been the. I think maybe with your with your players, if you, you know your academy players, you're going to bring them up. Well, unless they're playing in the academy, that's a whole different. You know, we, we're not sure, but I think with Leo Torres probably could have benefited me playing with like with North Texas or with Corpus Christi or so, some with some with UFL two or one team just to get the playing time. Just his parents may have wanted him to finish high school first. <laughs> Well, there was there was no league two, which I'm sure hampered things. And then um, I know North Texas is FC uh, FC Dallas's, but yeah, like Tucson or you know, let's say Ford Madison or Omaha, it would have been kind of interesting to see if he could have uh, broke through there. So, moving on to the forwards here, uh, we have uh, Lisa Solanag, Ignacio Baloni, uh, Gonzalo Di Renzo, Jose Gallegos, uh, Jordan Peruza came on late, uh, and then the players that. Uh, I'm going to do incompletes on uh, Fabrizio Bernal, uh, Preston Tabort uh, Itaka, and Jesus uh, Chui Enriquez. So uh, the last three I know are uh, incompletes. Uh, you, know, you know, Chui, you know, Chui and Preston both uh, were released uh, mid-season, um, and uh, Fabrizio, I don't think, or actually, he think he did get us. Uh, he did. He he came on and played, but he came, but stuff. but incomplete. So he he at least did make a uh, an appearance for San Antonio FC. So on mine, uh, to me, uh, you know, uh, Solinag, I think w- was a solid A uh, for that here. I think you know for the talent that he had, 
um, you could see that he was he was kind of special and he had that uh, veteran leadership up, up top uh, for that here. Um, the rest of them, uh, you know, Nacho, uh, DiRienzo, uh, Jose, and Jordan. I'm giving Bs. Like I said, I, I think I think they all performed good, but I think they also the finishing rate, the efficiency wasn't there. Um, but especially where you're comparing from last season uh, for 2019 to this season, there was an improvement. So, you know, to say that they did a poor job, you know, would be inaccurate, but you hope for at least, you know, you know, one of them to hit at a higher rate than, um, than what they did. And, and I think for Jose, as we've kind of already hinted, the position he played with him and Pirano on, on the pitch, I think it kind of hurt both of them, unfortunately, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not coach Marcina, you know, or anything like that, but just from when you see him played, uh, you know, without one or the other on, on the, on the field, the team looked a little bit better than when they were both on the field, you know, at least from, you know, my amateur eyes. Uh, how about you, Daniel? So I'm going to start with Jose. I'm giving him an A. Didn't he turn just 18 this season? He did. So he is a teenager. He His first real season in USL, he goes out and performs. He has a couple clutch late, late game winners for us. Um, I think to put any young athlete in that situation, you have it, it, who rises to the standards, I think we have to give him an A. Um, room to grow, yes. Figuring out where, where he fits, yes. I'm going to put that on Coach Marcina. But he came out and performed. He's another workhorse. Um, he's someone I love watching him because he analyzes the game, kind of like a messy where he watches, sees how everyone's playing, and then he kind of takes off. Um, Solignac, I'm going to give an A. I really liked how he performed. He scored with the ball at his feet, his head. Um, so I really can't complain. That's what we want in a goal scorer who, who's willing to just – he's not going to wait to get the perfect pass to his feet. Um, he's going to go ahead and score. Um, by loan, I'm torn. I think I'm going to give like a C plus, B minus. I think he came on. He gave us some hustle and a little bit of energy. But I just felt like he didn't quite come on and do what we needed him to do. Um, like, I just didn't feel like he was that goal scorer that we needed to sub on. I think he had some skill, and it was like, let's see what make, what happens. But I just I didn't feel like we could for sure count on him for some goals. I kind of felt like we've got a whole bunch of forwards that we rely on to hold the ball up. Um, but I don't think he was the best of that. I think Solonyak was. Um, <laughs> right. So I'm going to give uh, Dorenzo a C, and this is probably going to be my most controversial of all. Um, I just wasn't impressed. I think he scored, but I think was it like early on one of his goals, they're like, this is a smashing goal. and And I'm like, the keeper almost got it. It was 
a little bit more than a hospital ball and he didn't bury it. Like he's one on one keeper that should have been an easy back of the net. We don't need to worry, but I was like, you're almost going to mess it up. Um, he also gets a C because he wears his shorts like a diaper. And that's really just, unless you're Ronaldo, put your shorts down. No one wants to see your junk. I don't care. It's not sexy. Um, so that just bugs me in general. Um, so, so if you ever see me out at a field and you want to irritate me, do it. Um, so I just also think he he wasn't finishing. He was getting a lot of balls early on that he should have just gone the back of the net. And I just – I really felt like number seven is jinx. I kind of felt like he was Billy Forbes, had one or two great moments, and then just was stale um, and really didn't contribute much. So I'm going to tell anyone that we bring onto the team, don't take a seven. Unless you're Ronaldo, don't take the seven. Just <laughs> stay away from it. Um, Peruzza, I gave a B. I did not like his first game against El Paso. I was like, oh, Really? Um, he almost cost us um, a goal, um, but he has a different scoring ability mm-hmm. than anyone else on the field. So he was able to score goals that we needed from outside the penalty area in that offensive third. He wasn't waiting for the ball to be played to his feet in the penalty area um, where he had no defenders on him. So he was scoring some golazos, and I was just in awe. So I really liked he, – he brought a unique depth of ability to the team um, into scoring that we didn't have. I, I wish we had him for about two more games because I think he would have clicked with the rest of the team just a little better. Um, and it's like, who do you pick? Soniak, Peruza, Gallegos, like – I just feel like we, we, the pieces, it's like right now, I've got a lot. I'm doing an Avengers puzzle, and I've got about eight Captain Americas. And I'm like, where do all these Captain Americas go? Because they're each just, this one's a little gray, and this one's a little brown tone. This one's a little, so we've got a bunch of Captain Americas. We just have to figure out where they all go to the what, what piece of the puzzle. So, Rafa? Um. <clears throat> For my grades from the floors, Solniak, I give him an A. Uh, I, I don't know if Harry remembers. I know me, Harry, Scott, we're worried about the forwards, and I tell, I'm telling them, we better find some forwards to score some goals because that first game was not very, <laughs> very. Uh, well, Callum's the one that scored, so that's yeah, how you. We were worried about that because they're like, oh, do we have a goal scorer or not? But you got to give it to Solniak. He stood up. He, some of the quickest goals in USL history. <laughs> So you got to give him that. So I give him an A. Um, Baloney, I give him a B. I mean, he, he had his flashes. He had his moments. You know, so, well, I think he, he can improve. I think hopefully if he does come back, like I said, I wonder if he's still on the contract. You know, hopefully he can build off this season and maybe kind of see that he needs to really step it up a little bit more. Uh, DiRenzo. I gave him a B. You know, he did hustle. I got to give him a B also for the shorts. You know, the, the, the old school little short shorts. So I can't I can't hurt him on that one. Uh, Gallegos, I gave him a B plus. Um, there were some times that I think he overthink things on the field. Yeah, he had some game winners and he hustled. He was a workhorse. He hustled, but 
there were some times that he just too over 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 analyzed the game. He didn't let the game come to him. You know, he I think he put a little too much pressure. You know, he doesn't have to carry the team. You know, you know, there's there were other you know there's other people. You have PC out there. He can carry a team. Well, Sonia can carry a team. You know, but he's he's just gonna get better. And hopefully, like I said, I think hopefully next year he'll be. I think he'll be our, our A plus player, and he'll's gonna he'll replace. Uh, you'll see him as a starting at the starter up at forward for next year. So for for Pirano, and then Peruza, I give him a B plus. Uh, that guy can play. I think what Josie Alterner did say this guy can put some balls in He's the net. He's special. He's special, and he did kickstart our team a little bit. He he did make our offense a little bit more dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, people were uh, you know a lot of the teams were dirt were dirt, were double teaming Soniac, so he did open up and cre- create some space. And like I said, I'm hopefully you know, like I said, maybe they'll let him out. Did we lose you there, Rafa? All right, so I think uh, we lost Rafa there momentarily. Well, real quick side note, since we're talking about Peruta. Um, he was on loan from Toronto FC, correct? Come back. Sorry. That's okay. So I'm assuming that he went back to Toronto. So yeah, he, he already yeah. posted that. He's, it was a short-term thing. Yeah. Uh, it was probably just to give him some playing time um, to get him ready for their second half of the their season. Their playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry, Rafa. Peruza, question. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. So B plus, like I said, I think he had been a lot. I got him like mid season or a little sooner. I think he really would have put a dent. I think we probably would have had the top two scorers in the league. I think they would have both had double digit goals. And then as far as the other players, uh, incomplete. Um, I wish we had played Dewey uh, Enriquez a little bit more. I, I really wanted to see him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened there. How, it's the RGV know. effect. We bring in a player from RGV that looks good against us, and he just doesn't pan out. Outside of Kai Green and Iguaga, they're really, you know, we bring one or two in a year, and they don't, you know, it's like, hey, what happened? So whoever, our GM needs to stay away from the RGV players, and <laughs> especially the ones from this year. We don't need them. Well, and I think I heard um, someone from the front office say, we go after all the players that we don't like playing against. Mm-hmm. The hard part of that is they're under a different coach in a different system. So while they may be great players under a different system, they didn't flourish. A perfect example, Darnell King, who uh, we had didn't flourish, went on to Louisville. Then Phoenix, and was such a big part of the community. He was like man of the year in Louisville, or um, and then he went to Phoenix, and he was thriving in both places, doing phenomenal. So I I think that's a the right player in the right system under the right coach makes a difference. So um, just bringing in players we didn't like playing against that's only going to hurt the other team, but doesn't necessarily help. So the final topic is the staff. Um, 
Coach Marcina, uh, the SAFC social media team, Preston, Luis, and Thomas, uh, the Toyota Field Experience, you know, Dave Susi you know, and, and the staff out there, and then the sales staff, uh, you know, uh, Joey, Miguel, and the, everybody's season ticket uh, staff there. Um, for me, I gave Coach Marcina a B, I think. The depth he had would have been great for the long season. Unfortunately, it wasn't a long season. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the issue with Pirano, uh, you know, Jose, the issue with, um, you know, Hunter Gorski uh, playing and, and Zachary, whether it was hurt or not hurt, you know, you know, through there here. But I think for a first year when what he had to do with, uh, I'm going to give him a, a solid B uh, for that here. I think we would have got a playoff win, maybe would have upgraded to an A, but – um, to be at home, lose to New Mexico, you know, just, you know, no matter how we lost, um, I, I think towards the end of the year, we did the typical, you know, SAFC slide where you start out good and then, you know, the end of the year, you're hanging on. Um, the SAFC uh, social media team, Preston, Luis, and Thomas, you know, A plus. I thought the stuff that they put out all year, um, you know, maybe we should give them an A because, uh, you know, beyond the stripes, the podcast kind of suffered a little bit. But uh, um, just with everything that's going on, I think they kept the fans entertained. Um, the posts that they put out, uh, you know, were just better than what they've ever done before. Um, the Toyota Field experience, the first game was awesome and it went to the playoff game. Um, but I gave them an A plus just because, both games were great, but they were completely different. Um, you know, with all the adjustments, the COVID stuff, you know, the upgraded, you know, security measurements they took place to, to go with the cashless stuff, um, having Purcell, you know, everywhere. Um, I thought they did an outstanding job. And then the, the cell staff here, um, I give them a B. I think started out a little bit rough. Uh, you know, for that here, just, you know, some of the season ticket member gifts and, and some of the things through there. Plus there was you know, a little bit of changeover um, through there here. I, I know Joey's no longer there. Um, I gave him a B and I think part of it is, has to do with they weren't able to do their job as, you know, due to the COVID and, and stuff along those lines. So it's hard to give them, you know, you know, an A grade. Um they'll earn their a grade this off season, you know, when, when, you know, when they're, when they're uh, uh, promoting SAFC and, and getting fans back into the stadium next year, you know, no matter when that is. But um, I thought overall for this group here, you know, between um, coach Marcina, you know, the, the staff, you know, and I guess you can add uh, uh, the GM on drawing a blank uh, Holt um, Holt in there, you know, a BB plus, cause I think they did put together a great team. Um, even with the short season. And, and like I said here, to me, you know, Preston, Luis, and, and Thomas, you know, I think just killed it this year, you know, on social media. Um, we'll go with you, Daniel. So this is all based on personal experience, subjective. <laughs> I need to qualify that. I ha Yes, please bless me a little bit. Holy water. Um, I'm going to give Coach Marcina a B. Um, I think – did good. I think we saw a lot of things that were improved upon in previous seasons. I think team cohesion. I think the attitude of the players, that family mentality, you saw that on the field. And so 
I loved that. I think that made a big difference. I think it's different when you come into USL championship and you really have to have a plan for the playoffs. It's not a normal game. You have to have the experience. How do we finish off the season? How do we go into playoffs? How do we peak at the right time? How do we dig deep and finish that? And so I give him a B because, um, well, he's done some great things in other leagues. This was his first year. And so I think an A would have been going deeper into the playoffs because I'm going to make this statement and this question is Allen better than Darren or are they the same because they both have achieved the same results? But they haven't achieved the same results though. They have. The only no. is winning a championship and both have brought us to the exact same point in playoffs. No. I'll push back on that because Allen, and I know it's a different team, different league. He's won championships or nope. in NAS. Nope. Darren Powell has nope. not won. He has not won. But it he doesn't hasn't. it's not champion championship league. We there's hundreds of coaches out there who've won in other leagues. But are we saying that they're better? We're talking about in US. He's had one year. He's had one year. The difference between not here's the difference I'm between both of them. Out there. The difference between both of them is I think these players really enjoy playing for Allen, and I think he made it fun for them. And you can tell by the bench, there was no problems. It, everyone was loose. It was not, not uptight. Last year, the last few years, if you got on someone's bad side, on Paul's bad side, you were on the bench or you were MIA or you were, or you were released, so you were gone. And I think he lost the respect. I think Paul actually lost the respect of the team. I think even two seasons before the season, his last season, I think he lost. He just lost, you know, a lot of more, you know, that thing. And that's why I think the team quit on him last year. Well, I think I mean, to say because, and actually, Harry, based on what you say of him having all of these other championship experiences, mm -hmm. he should have gone further. He should have, and I criticized so, him for that. So that's my, like, right now, as it stands, both had great runs. They had those seasons where it's like, oh, we've won X amount of home games. We're on the streak. But when push comes to shove, all of this other amazing stuff, the locker room, um, bringing Sean Arters in, having this deep bench, building up your academy, um, I think all of that, how has that produced results on the field? And it's winning a championship or at least winning your first game in playoffs would have solidified him in my mind as the better coach for SAFC because that's what you're brought in to do. It's not like a, a, it's not a UPSL. It's not a lower league where you can win or lose and that's okay. You're at SAFC. You're here to win. Yes. So I just well, wanted to he, I mean, he understood that. He understood that when he signed on. Because remember, we he wasn't our first choice as, as head coach. He was not our first choice. There's there was other candidates that we wanted to bring in. But like I said, you can tell the difference this year. They're a lot happier team. They're more focused. I think a little a focus to us. You know, as far as getting along, doing what things to do, I, I saw a lot more smiles on the bench. 
And so I love the last grade, three Rafa. Years. So what's your grade, Rafa? I don't get to grade my grade. Well, well, I'll get. We'll do it individually. We'll we'll go through. But since you brought up this here, we're gonna we're we're gonna. I, I'm, I'm gonna give Marcina B plus. Um, oh, even higher than me. He yeah. Well, the reason why I gave him is because the bench, the players played for him, and they really they they bought into his system. That's that's the last three years has been a drag. I think, like I said, mentioned the players quit on Paul. And it was just not a fun atmosphere. I think even us going to the games, it was just not fun going to the games. Um, you know, even though we got to go to one game, you know, two games, the first and the last one, it was still fun because, you know, players were excited to be there. You know, even even watching them on, on ESPN Plus, you know, you can tell that they had that connection. They were, you know, they were going to work hard. You know, yes, we've short I expected us to go a lot deeper now you know looking again looking back at the season he did an excellent job now can he take us this is his foundation season can he take us to the next level can he win a playoff be, game or two playoff TBD. games mm-hmm. with, with with a full season I just playing a but I know we played a couple of teams that were not strong. You know, they tell us. RGB, Oklahoma City. Yeah. But you look at the other divisions, I think the only competitive division was really the one which Phoenix was in, Orange County. Yeah. But that's not our fault. That's just how it was made. But I just want to see, okay, you have the foundation. Can you build upon that and take us to the next to the next level. Can you get us at least to the conference final? If you can get us to the conference final, great. And then win the championship. I think they're giving him at least three years to really. Uh, I don't think he's got that long. That long? For me, I I think he does. I don't think they're going to put pressure on to win the championship next year, unless they give him an open book, an open checkbook. Here you go. Get get me the best players from Europe or wherever, you know, we'll see. Uh, as far no. as the – So, SAFC yeah. social media. But as far Preston, as the social media. And oh. <laughs> Here's why, again, subjective, because um, we gave players trophies and they still haven't posted the pictures. Yes. So, and Saturday they had zero postings. So there was one day this weekend where they had zero postings. They can use this. They have not bought in or believed in Copa Tejas. They're um, the only one that hasn't, too. Exactly. And um, it, it only benefits you when when you're posting things and we're sharing things, um, especially when it's your players being voted on to get awards. It's, it's pretty easy to click um, share. So... Uh, that's my belief of if you don't believe in me, why why should I believe in you? Um, and I'm kind of sick of seeing everything with paint splatter. So I really want to see different graphics next year. I think we're on what year five of using paint splatter and the graffiti. Zero creativity to me. Um, I think they're great. What they do is great. I really love the documentaries they did. But um, you're, you're going to break my heart. I'm going to give you an F. <laughs> Rafa, uh, um, uh, 
I guess I'll just give them an incomplete. I, I really could, could they improve? Yeah, maybe be, be more. I guess fan friendly. You know, embrace the fans, embrace the Copa Tejas Copa and stuff. Tejas, yes. Community. Yeah, they need. They need. Without us, they're nothing. They they gotta understand that. You don't. If you don't have our support, you're not gonna have a team. And then, as far as the Toyota experience, I mean, I, I will give them an A for that. Uh, they did do a good job, especially in the last game with, the, you know, the measures they took and as well as the social distancing and so forth. So I do give them an A. Stale staff, um, I'll give them a B. Um, I didn't have any problems with my my ticket person. They did. He did it for him. I'll give him an A. He did a good job. Um, you know, and hopefully he can send me a jersey too, like he did to Scott. So. Oh yeah, maybe I should downgrade mine oh. too. <laughs> I am a jersey, and I'm a founding member. Um, yeah, hey, so, I made one too. <laughs> but so, I, I guess, like I said, the tic- season tickets. I mean, I think this year was a tough job for them because of the of the of the pandemic, and and I, I'm sure it was rough on them because I'm sure a lot of people gave their ticket backs and so forth. But I, I do give them props for doing a good job, and hopefully they do a next. I'm sure they're going to do a dynamite job for the next year. So apparently I'm out of order and can't follow directions. So Toyota Field experience, I'm going to give a C. I think there was a lot of really good things that they did with their protocols, but there were just some things that really seemed gender biased. Um, I wasn't allowed to bring in a purse. My purse is literally the size of a wallet with straps. But if you're going to give me a season ticket holder cup and the games are on rainy days, I have my playoff black towel um i have to have a place for my credit card and keys i don't know about you men's pants have like a million pockets and they're huge but women's jeans are made with like zero flexibility and i can pretty much put a credit card in and that's it um and so i just really thought that 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 just wasn't fair and just how do you not say that like it's i get wanting to limit contact surfaces but to me that just are you going to tell men they can't bring wallets in? Um, and then there was just some confusion about that. And I'm going to say I went to BBVA to watch the Dash final game um, where they crushed the courage. Um, and they still let you bring in the same bags. You could bring in a clear bag. Um, so they had no no problems with that. And in general, I'm just going to say I'm kind of over if you have to ask me a million questions. Um, I really liked at BBVA. They had the, the signs there and they said, Hey, look at these. Do you say yes to any of them? But please don't ask me 15 million questions. No, 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 no. Um, it's easier to say, hey, please read these. Do you do you say yes to any of those? Um, so that's why I gave them that. Um, I'm going to give Taylor Knuckles a shout out, my season ticket member rep. He was awesome. He got to listen to me. We had some really good conversations about things. Um, but I think in general, the sales staff, which is different than the STM staff, I learned very different, two different entities. When I signed up to have time to meet the players and select my seats, but it wasn't selecting my STM seat. So I think there was just a lot of confusion and they're promoting things, but not to the right people. And I'm like, Hey, don't I get to pick my seat for next season? You guys send out a thing. And they're like, Oh yeah, it wasn't for you. It was for new, new people who don't have tickets yet. And I'm like, but I've never gotten to meet the players. I've never had any of these yes. moments and I've been committed for five years. So overall sales and STM, it's a C. I'd also like to see like 
I want like a pint glass or a coffee mug. Um, give me something that I can use and carry around with me. I just want better swag um, in general, but I'm, I'm picky because I go to so many chamber events and networking events. I just want something different and I don't have a flagpole. So, um, and my command strips fell down. So there goes me hanging my SAFC flag on the wall. We're done with that. Um, so that's just, those are just my personal feelings on the whole experience. I think they worked really hard to do some things, but it was really disappointing when I went to pick up my kit for making a TIFO and there's, and there's one person there, there's no good directions or signage. And then when I drop it off, I had to put it in a trash can. I'm like, have someone there receiving it. How are you? I think they just missed a lot of opportunities. And if I didn't go up to take a picture to troll SAFC about this on my Snapchat and share it with some other season ticket holders, I wouldn't have realized that that trash can actually has a small printed piece of paper that says, put TIFOs here. Um, so that's probably why you didn't have a lot of people engage with making a TIFO. I'm not putting my TIFO in a trash can and you got to give me more than 24 hour leeway if you want me to pick something up. We're adults. Season ticket holders have jobs. We, we need time. We're professionals to make TIFOs. It's not something I can do overnight. I'm not 15 where I got the summer off. You got to give me some time. <laughs> know your demographic. Half of us are women. Most of us have jobs to be able to afford season tickets. We don't have the summer off. So that's just my overall, I think there's opportunities, especially because I'm part of so many different teams and go to so many different places. I can compare apples to apples. Um, and sometimes I feel like ours are just a little overripe. So you guys brought up a couple of points. There's one that um, I wish they would have capitalized a little bit on because they had a lot of promotions that were scheduled. And I understand they had the pandemic, but I would have liked to seen what the gear was, for instance, for the first official Pride Night. What you know, what did they, you know, what shirt, what scarf, mm -hmm. what did they have? I would have bought something. I wasn't spending money at the game uh, when I go to Toyota Stadium. I would have bought additional, you know, swag stuff, the promotion stuff to be able to highlight that um, and give back. Um, I think for the social media team you bring up a great point about them not embracing uh, the Copa Teos. They are the only team that does not in the Copa Teos. I think El Paso does a really great job. Uh, Mr. RGV. Patel down in RGV does an excellent Austin. job. Mm -hmm. Even Austin Bold does a, a, a better job. That is something that they definitely have to pick up on. Um, I know uh, Copa Teos took some heat this week, uh, fair or unfair, because you know of uh, the SA ties. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is SAFC, and unfortunately, and this may be a little harsh, wants nothing. It seems like they want nothing to do with, with the Copa Teos um, because it's not something that they can brand, that they can that that, that they can they use didn't here. Create it. So they only promote things that they create. So I know that may seem a little unfair, but like I said, I think overall, just from for me, the the engagement that they had to the fans during the time, that's why I gave them the A+. a plus. But yeah, the Copa Teos stuff, and, and there's some other stuff that, that I think could bring down that gate, that grade. But I, I think as far as for, you know, the hype videos, the 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 promos of, of the kids in the locker room, that's something that I think to me, 
stood out, you know, looking at the positives for, you know, for all the challenges that they had um, made this year much better than what they've had in the past. Um, as far as for the field experience, um, you know, I'm only giving it based on the, um, based on having to deal with Copa Teos. I know there's other issues, um, supporter groups possibly moving, um, you know, some issues with, with supporter groups, the tailgate, you know, being able to do stuff a little bit more freely that they want to do. Um, I'm hoping that does become more involved in 2021. So we'll kind of see as far as like the pregame and stuff. Um, and, and that's why I kind of give them, you know, an A plus just, and, and, and it's more for the staff and stuff like that, because, you know, just like the players, they took the risk to go out and make sure that, you know, for the, the games that where we could go in, you know, the, the, the concessions, you know, making sure that, you know, everything was clean with, with, you know, with the bathrooms and, and all that stuff here. That's why I gave them an A plus just because mm -hmm. of all the years for, for them to have to do it. This is the, probably the hardest, to me, the, the hardest one that they have now. Thomas asked a question here, which I think is a very good one. Um, you know, his question is, how satisfied with uh, were you with the effort this year? So to me, I thought the team, you know, compared to previous years outside of the 2017 team, I think the effort that they did was the best um, that, that we have seen. It was still short, still no playoff win as far as for Coach Marcina, as, as Danielle has pointed out. Um, but I think the effort, um, the fan engagement, you know, we didn't have any issues um, that I saw where they didn't at least acknowledge fans a little bit um, post-game, you know, social media, they, they were a little bit more active, um, you know, in, in the limited exposure, you know, that, that they could do. Um, like I said here, so I think as far as for the effort, I have no complaints um, on it here. You know, am I 100% happy? No. Uh, but, you know, as far as, um, as you can tell by the grades this year, we're way more positive than we were last year, you know, at, at, at the end where the train seems like it is going up. We'll see if it still is or if it was just, hey, they, you know, the, the SAFC team uh, caught the benefit, you know, only had 16, 16, you know, games and so they were able to kind of focus a little bit more than the traditional 34 plus games Rafa um, I was satisfied I guess to a point a lot, a lot better after I think more more of a team as you can say last year I just had too many individuals more too many me players and then too much of ego from the coach and, and it just destroyed the team I think this year, that thing they realized, hey, you know, we need to step it up. We need to show something for the fans. And I think Marcin also kind of realized that, you know, if I don't do something, I'm going to be gone probably after a year. So, you know, you know, props to him. He did a good job. You know, I we could have expected more, like I said, winning a playoff game or two. But if he's going to use that as a basis for next year, and if he can supersede next for next year, then, you know, they made the right choice. So I'm satisfied with the year. I know it was a little damper with the COVID and all that, but like I said, I'm looking for it for 2021. See 
who we bring in and what if we can take that next step, you know, take over the Western Conference and knock off Phoenix out of their high horse. I'm going to focus on the word effort, and I actually feel like this year effort was put in as a whole to the on-field product versus sometimes when I would watch previous years, I'd be like, do they even care? Um, you know, the, the game against Tacoma where we lost, what, 5-1, 5-2 last season. Um, so I really do feel like I'm satisfied with the effort. I enjoyed watching games. Um I enjoyed and looked forward to turning their games on on TV um, when we weren't allowed to go. So I enjoyed watching. I think the on-field performance was much better than previous years. So I'm going to say yes. I am satisfied with the effort this year. Um, would have liked to have seen at least a second playoff game. But I think that it comes with two things. One, um, I think we need to keep some players. I think we need to keep Maloney and um, Smith. Blake Smith. They're locals. They know like things like Copateos. Why is this an important game? They know rivalries. Um, they know the league um, and what each game means. We need to keep a couple of those people. Um, it's like the U.S. Women's National Team game where when they lost to, um, was it Sweden or Norway or someone, and then – they used that as motivation the next season to come back and win the World Cup in 2015. So that's really what I think. We need to keep some key players who are going to remember and not be okay with the results um, is the big thing. And then I'm totally blanking on the second thing. Um, and I'm going to give Marcina, I know, you know, we kind of had a discussion point, but your first year, you got to kind of get some of the kinks out and figure out what, it, what does it look like and what do you need to get through the playoffs. So, I'm going to give him a little wiggle room on that, but I think we just can't have another rebuilding year. I feel like we've had every year for the past five years has been rebuilding year. Rebuilding year, yeah. So I, I don't think we can use that as an excuse anymore. Of, well, we're rebuilding. We're restarting. We need to keep some key players and build around them instead of wiping the slate clean. So then the last question is going to be from Matt the Meat Gomez. Uh, he says, and this is going to be directed at you, Daniel, first here. Um, uh, what do you think needs to become of the refs? And I'm assuming is how do we improve the quality of the refs in, it's not really, it's not a USL issue only. It's, it's MLS, USL and NISA and all, all, all of those here. I'm going to, I'm going to address a couple of things. One is um, with COVID, it really put in the both bubble scenarios really changed how you get your referees. So you had a number of high-level referees um, in um, uh, Utah for the NWSL, and then you had a number of them in um, what you call it in Florida for for that. So realistically, yes, Thomas, we did get the short end of the stick because the high-level pro referees were all in other areas. Um, so we have a couple referees that were there in these other states, not allowed to come here. So we had to work with, and then you had to limit, I think, to in the state. So normally they'll fly in a center referee who's a pro referee from another area. So we couldn't have that. You couldn't have referees flying in from states. And then a lot of times you would have referees taking their COVID test, but it's either coming back 
positive or inconclusive, and then you're having to change things on the fly. So I will say it was a very tough situation for the referees as well. Plus, um, I think the athletic or maybe Grant Wall, someone did a, a piece on it. If you look at both the NWSL and the MLS and the number of teams coming into the league, and you look at the amount of refs that are needed. For that are needed, yeah. You're, you're talking about we realistically have a referee shortage. Um, and so we have a referee shortage, and we're trying to team clean up players. So we had some really good up-and-coming young players referee games. We're lucky we live in a state where there's three FIFA um, center referees, one women's FIFA AR, who's probably my favorite AR. Um, and then we have another few pro referees. We have a phenomenal um, Diego, who's out of Houston, is is a phenomenal AR between him and Jennifer. When I see them um, on the line, I, I know things are going to go smoother. At least they're going to get the right calls or going to give the center referee what they need. Um, so we have some good referees here. I think we just got screwed sometimes when we went out of town. And I was like, ooh, like, what is this guy calling? Like, this has got to be his first USL match. And I'm going to say that because I'm going to say this is what I go through whenever I get into a new, when I'm up a new level or a new league. Um, I literally have those moments where I'm like, I just did it this week. I overcall the game and I called everything. And I'm like, I hate, I hated doing it in Germany crazy. Um, so there's not much we can do. COVID really really hurt the referee situation across the board um and so it just it just was challenging and it was kind of a, a it was a rebuilding year for referees um but it doesn't mean things are going to be smooth next year because okay. now all of those good referees that we would regularly have now they're going to be going to mls games or nwsl games um and especially with austin fc um coming in um you've got a couple other other teams I do think, and I know this is a love it or hate it with the referees, I do think I didn't like, we live in a, a world of bar, and so we have bar in every league, every professional match for for everything. But I, and I know it means a That's lot. That's why I wanted to ask you about that. Could, so could we have implemented VAR this year to help because of the shortage? Reduce a lot of those mistakes because you can carry an iPad. They could carry that fourth official could carry an iPad, and we have internet in a lot of those stadiums, and they can actually look into that. I, I think, think that should that should be done for the USL. I think doing it for all USL is, is hard because it, it's a big cost because you have to have those cameras and you have to have and you're paying two or three more officials, and then you have to have all this the screens. But what I do think they need to do is implement it for the playoffs. I hated that two decisions in two mm -hmm. playoff matches were decided on a handball. And so I just, it just, that just as a referee ate me up because you work so hard to get the call right and to call a good match. And then I just felt like no one won the game. Like it wasn't won fairly. It wasn't the best team. And I want someone to score on a corner kick or a free kick. Like I would have been happier if the referee called a penalty kick. Like, I feel like I could have like, at least been like, yeah, there was contact in the box, but this was, so I really do feel I'm hoping because we get pro referees for playoff matches 
if you're going to send us pro referees who use VAR on a weekly and sometimes twice a week basis, why not also send that for, for these matches? But I'm also going to say on the flip side, um, they're not doing it for the women. And I think that's stupid. We are the best women's league in the world. I watched the England FA women's a game a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, this is rough. I feel like I'm watching college. Um, and not even that. I didn't feel like I was even watching like a good college match. Um, and so we first need to get it into the NWSL. There's only a handful of NWSL stadiums. Half of them are MLS stadiums, so they already have the capabilities for that. So I think they need to implement it there, especially if you're going to implement it in places like the Women's World Cup. Mm -hmm. Why are we going to play with it in the World Cup if your players aren't using it? So long story short, COVID. COVID is the answer for that. It sucks. I'm sorry. Um, I think we did have some really good referees. There were a lot of times I agreed with our calls and was like, yeah, that that did happen. Um, But I just – and we're human. We're human. And Thomas, you did do this question, and we're going to table it for a future episode here, where he asks any plans for Copa Teos to explain there, you know, there's a need for USL rivalry between teams and supporter group. So I think we're going to, you know, uh, we're already getting close to an hour and a half. So you know, I do want to kind of get this wrapped up here, but that'll be something that we'll probably expand maybe more on a Copa Teos wrap up show. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully that we can get done to where we can maybe kind of look at. I know just some Kobatea stuff here. What does the future look like to me? The best 11, um, like I said, I would like some changes and, and I've been vocal on social media about on the voting and how it's done to where maybe have the leaders of, you know, one or two representatives from supporters group or team, you know, kind of wait, have a wait as far as on the vote um, along those lines, but for that here. So we'll get to that uh, on another on, on another upcoming show here thomas and, and do want to thank everybody for your questions you know thomas uh you know uh, robert uh matt uh all thank you for you know for uh, participating uh we'll start final thoughts uh with you rafa and then we will uh switch to uh, miss danielle and then i'll uh, make sure i get uh, scott's uh you know final in so that way i don't get in trouble from him <laughs> <laughs> so final thoughts just um, like I said, bummed out that the final didn't get to get played, but hopefully maybe we'll reconsider. We'll see, but um, hopefully we'll get to see some some good soccer this week. I know Champions League, you know, it's out there. Same thing with some MLS and Liga MX. You know, there's some good good soccer still out there. I know with USL over, it's gonna be it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a long winter without <laughs> some a long winter soccer, but. It, but go out, you know, support your uh, semi-pro teams like the runners. Like the runners have a game coming up pretty soon, so go cheer them on. Um, and some of the other teams out there as well. So that's what we'll hopefully get to look forward. And then high school is just around the corner. It's not too far away. So we'll see about that. What kind of, If they're going to start, we'll find out. I'll, I'm going to try to see if I can get some info on. Well, Danielle might be able to help you out on the referee side on that because I believe yeah. she refed the uh, last year, right? High schools. Listen, as far as we know, TAPS is supposed to be starting up. I have not I have not gotten an email saying that 
taps is canceled. I have renewed everything. Speaking of, if you want a referee, we need referees because we're going to have a perfect storm of games come spring. And your final thought, uh, Daniel? So my final thought is go vote. Um, it's an election and every vote does matter. I've heard people say my vote doesn't matter, but your vote really, really does matter. And your vote is important and it's your opportunity. I know a lot of people don't like certain things that happen or don't happen. It's your opportunity to kind of express that and, and be heard. Um, so go out and vote the AT&T center. I went and voted there and it's super easy, waited in line just for maybe 10 minutes. Um, and then got in and I loved it because um, it was like an, it was like you were going to a Spurs game minus that coyote. You had the ushers greeting you and in, in parking and then you got the cool Spurs vote sticker. Um, so I would say go vote. You do matter. Your opinion and um, what you want, it does matter, but no one's going to know unless you vote. So um, go out and vote, make your vo voice heard. Um, and on the high school soccer, I, after last week, I am not ready to ref in cold weather games. I'm like, I, pull, I had to pull some hats out for this week and I'm pulling on my long sleeve jerseys and I'm like, I don't We're going to have a warm winter, I think. I hope we have a warm winter. I hope so. So my final thought, and I was going to piggyback off of uh, Daniel is, and if you see the scrolling um, bar on the bottom, get out and vote if you haven't, if you're registered already, because obviously if you're not registered, don't vote because you can't. Um, if you do, you'll get in trouble. Uh, but uh, if you are registered and you have not voted yet, please take the time and go out. I know it's a major election at the top, but to me what makes this even more important is all the local elections as well. And that's, you know, as Daniel mentioned, that's where your vote really counts is the local side of the elections, the props and stuff like that here for Those are super important. I've got to interrupt. Those are super, super important. Um, Pre-K for SA, one of my best friends has her kid enrolled in it. As a teacher with two education degrees, it is a phenomenal program. Um, and Pre-K for SA, please vote yes for it. Um, I don't care who you vote for for anything else, but that. Um, and then there's the other props are just as important. So research and read those. But um, yeah. So get out and vote. And no matter who wins or loses the main election, the presidential election, don't be an idiot and go down and vandalize stuff. You know, we're Americans. This is something that we've done from the beginning of for for many, many, many centuries. Don't be on the news doing something that you shouldn't be doing. You know, the elections, you know, it's it's what a lot of us that are former military, you know, have done. It's it's why we do it is so that way you have a voice. And you're free to use your voice. But just because your voice may or may not win, don't go destroying public property. If you want to go protest and, and do that stuff, that's fine. Do it peacefully. But, you know, it, it makes me sad where you see, you know, pictures, not you know, downtown San Antonio being boarded up, you know, in other major cities. Uh, we're better than that. Or hopefully we're better than that. I guess we're going to find out um, for that here. But uh to me, like I said here, uh, you know, you know, Scott always ends the show on on what's life without goals. Um, you know, we're out of here, but uh, do want to thank everybody for 
all of your time, your comments, and, and thank you to Danielle and Rafa. Uh, it was a pleasure doing the show uh, with you once again.